eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into another episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. As always, my name is Jacob Rudner alongside Swamp 247 staff writer Graham Hall. And Graham, we are on a run of podcasts as we go through every single position group on Florida's roster, breaking down what they've got, what they don't. Uh, We have talked about quarterbacks. We have talked about running backs. And now... We will talk about tight ends. It's an interesting unit. Uh, Like I told you before we started recording this, I find this unit to be the most interesting on the team. Uh, It's a group that has gone through a lot of change over the last six months. Started out spring practices with four scholarship tight ends, one of whom is no longer on the roster. Two of them got hurt. It left them with only senior Keon Zipperer for the spring. Uh, They had to replace a whole bunch of lost talent with guys from the defensive side of the ball. Griffin McDowell, walk-on Noah Keeter, and most importantly, Dante Zanders joining the unit. All of those moves were permanent. So a lot of new faces. There are freshmen. There are returners. Tell me, let's start somewhere. What, what do you think of this unit uh, and, and the personnel it has at, at, its, at its disposal? At I mean, I think, you could, <laughs> I think you could make a movie off of the entire last year of the unit. Kind of a redemption story angle, in a sense, for Dante Zanders, a guy who got a shot at tight end when he arrived on campus and was moved to the defensive side of the room and considered entering the transfer. I mean, he did enter the transfer portal at the conclusion of last season, not really wanting to go through another coaching change, a guy who had been here on campus since Jim McElwain. And I think that, yeah, he just wanted a, a fresh slate, but Billy Napier and his coaching staff give coach Piegler a whole lot of credit. were able to convince him to come back and, and try and see it out at Florida, graduate, and then kind of take things from there. And he bought back in and opportunity kind of instantly presented himself. You mentioned an injury there, a couple of injuries there, but one of them was career ending a guy who's no longer on the roster engage Wilcox. And then, you know, Dante's not the only guy to move over to that side, uh, to that position group. You know, you mentioned Griffin McDowell, another very interesting name who's now in his third position at Florida and Xander's based on his previous experience, his physique, and his determination, let's give him a whole lot of credit for that, have now kind of ascended to this position of number one tight end, a guy that you, at the start of the year, didn't even look like he'd be, he'd be on his roster, and now he's going to be on the field a whole lot for this Florida offense this year, Jacob. Yeah, and I think that this coaching staff has made it clear that they they view Dante Zanders as a great example of somebody uh, both on and off the field. I think Billy Napier sees Zanders as a guy who is a really good leader in terms of, you know, showing what other guys are supposed to do in terms of work ethic. Uh, There have been multiple people who have told us that he's one of the types of people who's a first guy to come in, last guy to leave uh, type of person. He has studied hard to be able to effectively make the transition from defensive end 
back to tight end, like you said, where he started his career at Florida. Uh, and now he's looking like a full-service player. I think we've seen him, uh, especially in the spring game, show off that he does have the hands for the position. Uh, he's gotten back into good shape in terms of being able to move uh, well and, and in the necessary fashion that would require out of a tight end. Do, do you think Dante Xanders is a, a viable option as a number one tight end? It's a loaded question, but here's a guy who was playing defense just six months ago. He's made a move in an offense that is going to be very tight end heavy. Billy Napier has a history of utilizing tight ends, mostly as blockers, but they do play a factor uh, in the receiving game. Uh, William Piegler told us at one point that he could foresee Florida using 12 personnel, which is one running back and two tight ends on the field up to 40% of the time, which is at a very, very high rate uh, relative to other schools across the country. Is Xanders the kind of guy who can fill that tight end one role, though? Yeah, I think so. I think it's not really due to one aspect right now, but his really overall combination of skills, being able to be physical, to block. Um, that, I think that's a credit to not only his background of the position, but also spending time at, on the defensive side of the ball. You know, he's used to kind of going against – guys who know how to to work you with your hands and he knows how to get around a lot of the things that they like to do and I think that's going to be it has been a very valuable tool for this team and in this offense especially when it comes to him rising up the depth chart as quickly as I think he really did you know I think that also we saw him be the target for this offense in the spring game I mean over 50 yards receiving I think he had a team high six receptions this is a guy who just showed consistently that he can be a reliable uh, target in the passing game. And that's what you need guys who, you know, that when you throw to them, even if it's not a perfect pass, they're going to find a way to make that reception. And, and I think that's something that he's done consistently throughout fall camp as well. We saw him being used repeatedly in the brief glimpses of live action that we did have. And then a lot of the blocking drills that we saw during those skill observation windows, that's going to be really critical for Florida as well. Blocking is absolutely at a premium in this offense, especially when they're talking about having one tight on the field nonstop, I think from what we've gathered, that's going to lead to, I think, Xander is a guy who has the frame and is a little bit more built as well, just in terms of, you know, where he's at physically than a guy like Keon Zipper and even Griffin McDowell and some of the other options they have. And then that's before even getting to the freshman, which I think is a good segue here, where he's at based on, in comparison, the rest of Florida's depth chart of the position, I think has kind of led to, this situation where a guy who wasn't even going to be on the roster a year ago is now in Gainesville going to be tight end number one. And that's a huge thing to say that knowing that a few years ago, this fan base and this coaching in a previous coaching staff, excuse me, was treated to a all NFL type talent in Kyle Pitts. Are we saying that a guy like Dante Sanders is going to live up to that level? Absolutely not. But he has emerged as tight end one in this offense. Absolutely. And, and I think something important that you mentioned is that there are other faces in this room who could fill a variety of roles, a lot of them younger, though. So it is important, obviously, that Xanders comes in and, and does a serviceable job as tight end one. But we would be remiss not to mention uh, the rest of the depth in the unit. They added uh, three freshmen, Tony Livingston, one of the three, did not end up making it to campus for the fall semester. He will be joining the team uh, after the new year. He'll be gray shirting due to an injury which 24-7 Sports reported a couple weeks ago. Uh, and, and there are some other young pieces. Nick Elksness is a guy who comes to mind, a redshirt freshman, played only in four games in the last year, a good pass catcher. Are those guys who are going to factor into Florida's offense? Are they, like, where, where do they stand? I think it's an interesting room with the amount of depth that they have. 
Yeah, I do think that guys, especially Jonathan Odom, I, I get the sense that Jonathan Odom is going to be used in the passing game. In my opinion, I think he's even a little bit quicker than a guy like Dante Sanders. I could see them using him as an option. That would that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. I think that I get the sense right now that that even though he has a great frame, that that Nick Elksness is just a little bit farther behind in terms of knowing the offense right now, how much he can be counted on ahead of some of these fifth-year guys in, in Sanders and Zipperer. I just that remains to be seen in my mind. I think that Jonathan Odom, though, his experience combined with where he's at right now, he had a good fall camp from what we're hearing. And to kind of go through the preseason injured, well, that wasn't really desirable. It gave him a chance to really hone in on what he could do, which was learning the offense, learning the scheme, and making sure that he worked on his blocking technique as soon as he got back, knowing that one of his strengths was going to be in the receiving game, possibly. I think that he really has improved his his standing that I wouldn't be shocked to see Jonathan Odom uh, on the field this season. Sure. And, and one guy I think we have to talk about specifically is, is Keon Zipper. Uh, I mentioned him at the, at the top of the episode. Uh, Zipper was the only tight end who has been uh, a tight end by listed position uh, from spring all the way through where we are now recording this on August 27th with the opener rapidly approaching. He is the only tight end on Florida's roster who has been healthy and participating uh, as a tight end from the start of Florida spring camp through current. And I think that that's really important because while he might not be the number one player in the unit, whether that's because Florida doesn't necessarily view him as, as full service as a guy like Dante Xanders, I still do think that a guy like Keon Zipper is going to be a really important piece for Florida this year, especially with how much it goes to those 12 personnel looks potentially from what we've heard from Billy Napier and William Piegler. Uh, Zipper is a guy to me who profiles really nicely as an H-back fullback type. Somebody who can go and be a menace as a blocker, uh, move guys out of the way, be a factor in what we already know to be a very heavy usage Florida running game, which by the way, I'll, I'll plug our previous episode. You can listen uh, to our conversation about Florida's potential running tactics in our running back episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Uh, but, but this is a, an important potential role for Zipper to be able to kind of pave a way for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Finding a way to use Keon Zipper, I think, has been kind of a fun challenge for this coaching staff because, you know, he really is, let's be honest, a little bit undersized as this guy who can just go up and get it in the passing game. And he really hasn't doesn't hasn't shown that he can be this tremendous athlete who can beat you in the open field. I think that they have to find ways to get him creative. But if he can block with a mean streak and, and be a huge factor in that aspect, I think that he is going to get plenty of opportunities this season alongside Sanders. I wouldn't be shocked if that was the pair that you see more often listed together on the participation chart. Even if Sanders is number one, I think they're going to have a huge role for Keon Zipperer. And, you know, a guy that I mentioned earlier has been on the roster for a long time. He really has improved in terms of even being a vocal leader, knowing what to do, how to carry himself the right way, and kind of just, just show guys that this is what it takes day in and day out to have this kind of steady approach. That'd probably be a, the best term for him. He really has gradually improved since Billy Napier and, and William Peekler got on campus. And I think that you're really seeing kind of him maximize a lot of what he does well. Is he going to be incredible at any one thing? I'm not too sure that he's going to go out there and lead Florida in receiving or even be a factor in the backfield. If he can block consistently and they can disguise his usage at times, I think that that will be huge in terms of, his benefit to this team. You have to find a way for him to be in the right place to beat guys. And I think that from what we're hearing that they've come a long way in figuring out just how to do that. 
Right. And I, I think that there are a lot of Florida fans who hear the name, the name Keon Zipperer and they're disappointed. I think that they uh, associate him with underachievement. This is a guy who joined Florida as a number 104 overall prospect and number two tight end in the 2019 class uh, on the 24-7 sports composite. And I think people fairly say that he hasn't lived up to the standards that you would associate with somebody who's ranked that highly. Uh, I think that this is a year, while it might not look the way a lot of fans want it to, like you said, I don't foresee this being a guy who you know ranks highly in Florida's receiving yards or even touchdowns and might not necessarily have the flashiest or even receptions. Uh, but but I would say that this, this might be uh, the first year for Zipper where I personally think that things line up really well for him to kind of claim some of that potential back, to, to claim some of the success that I think a lot of fans would say that he hasn't yet achieved. I think that this is a year for him to really make an impact in a way that he hasn't before uh, and to kind of show people that he does have value on this roster. And I think it's exactly the way you said. I think that this is a guy who, if he gets hot as a blocker, as somebody who could really pave a, a path for a running back, I can see him being a guy that if Florida were to go, you know, run play out of 11 personnel, that Billy Napier would opt to put, you know, zipper on the field over Xanders, just as a guy who can go and be, you know, a more vicious blocker. Uh, but we'll see. I think it, I think that's going to be one of the more interesting things to follow is, is who does this team view as its top blocking tight end? Because again, in Billy Napier's offense, that is arguably more important than your ability to catch the football uh, you know, at that position. I think that Billy Napier likes to rely on players at that position in order to clear a path. Uh, and we're gonna be we're gonna see, you know, who who does a good job with that, starting right away against a a very disciplined and solid pass rushing team like Utah. Uh, that's gonna move me to, to to the next thing, Graham. I, I am curious from you, what do you see is the the weakness of this unit overall? I think we've seen a lot of movement in terms of who they have at their disposal. Uh, the names have changed. Obviously, the number one player in the unit is a guy who wasn't a part of it six months ago. Is it experience or is it something that you've noticed in terms of like a trend over the course of the last three weeks of fall camp? Yeah, I think they could just use even a, a bigger guy. I know that kind of is a little bit offensive to say, but you know, one of maybe the downsides of coming after a Kyle Pitts is that everyone is going to compare you to this guy who can be very adequate in the blocking game and then also be this dynamic receiving threat. I don't know if how people view the tight end position is going to be a fair reflection uh, of what Florida actually puts out there on the field. What may be deemed as successful, a unit that can block, disguise what they're doing, become a threat in the passing game to take guys away in the secondary, make them be covered in the open field, what that can do for Florida's passing game. I think that will be what, Florida's coaching staff bases success off of. I know people are expecting, even after Xanders went out there and caught for nearly 60 yards and was a, a threat in the spring game, that they're going to have a tight end be the top pass catching threat for this offense every single week. I don't, I'm not convinced that's going to be the case, but when you have 12 man, <clears throat> you maybe, I think lead people to thinking that that's going to be the case for you. If Florida has to use a tight end as a primary target in the pass game, I'm going to be a little bit worried about what that says about everyone else around them. And not to jump ahead to our wide receiver preview here, but if they are consistent in relying on guys like Dante Zanders and Keon Zipperer to go out there and be targeted 11, 12 times per game, I think that will be a little bit of an indictment of the, the weapons around Florida. But if Florida is going out there and consistently winning games and doesn't start the season 
like many people, you know, ESPN's FBI are projecting them to start, I think that would be a testament to sound tight end production. And again, that just really kind of to bring us full circle here is very unlikely in a sense that when you talk about two guys that had been kind of disappointments in their Florida careers before this year, Dante Sanders, a guy who had been used as kind of this multi-tool to fill in from a number standpoint. And that initially even was the storyline in March that he was just filling the void there until the freshman got on campus until some other guys could come along. And then because of the injuries now, but to see him emerge as the top option, I think absolutely is just great to see, but you also, it does, I think raise a lot of questions about the talent behind him in the room. Is this really a case where a guy comes in here, moves back to the room and kind of usurps everyone? It's hard to see that as not as an indictment of everyone else, because like I said, we're not too many years removed from an underclassman in Kyle Pitts making that leap, coming in and being a dynamic pass catching option for this Florida offense. I think expectations have to be tempered a little bit right now, but I do think, you, you know, you mentioned this about Keon Zipper. I think it's been hard to get a sense of how good he has been because he's been behind two extremely, extremely reliable pass catching options in Kyle Pitts and then Kamori Gamble who transferred to UCF after last season. So when you factor that in, I do get the sense that we haven't really seen how good Zipper can be. And if used correctly, I wouldn't be surprised for him to kind of live up to the lofty billing that he had when he was coming out of Lakeland. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end it. I think that there's a lot to be seen uh, from Florida's tight end room. I think that this is probably one of the units on this roster more than more than others, if not more than all of them, uh, where I think a lot of questions are going to persist, you know, maybe through the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, I think that this is a unit where there's a lot to be seen that we don't already know. And a lot of that is just because of the personnel that they have. I think that there are question marks about the majority, if not all of the players in this unit. I don't think that Florida really truly knows what it's going to get at the position. You have a guy like we've talked about, like Xanders, who is, you know, for all intents and purposes, he is new to the position. I understand that he played it several years ago, but you take as much time off as he did. Your body changes to be able to accommodate playing on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, this is a, this is a new player at tight end. He, he had to redo, you know, his training. He had to redo the way that he thinks. Uh, you know, he had to relearn a lot of things. And, and granted, I think that there are people who would tell you that it's like riding a bike, but I don't think Xanders would tell you that. I think that Xanders you know, has said that it was a lot of work for him over the last couple of months to, to really try and get into a place where he could be uh, that option. And so I think that it's going to be interesting to see what a guy like that is actually capable of doing when it comes to playing a non-Florida opponent. He looked great in Florida's spring game, but I don't know that that's enough to really know uh, where he's headed. And, and granted, I also would say that that is the case for a lot of the other players in this unit. I think that there are very fair questions about what Florida might get out of a guy like Keon Zipperer, I think there are very fair questions about how much does a guy like Nick Elksness contribute this year with two guys who are, in my opinion, very clearly ahead of him on the depth chart. But does he present a better pass catching option than Zipperer or maybe even Xanders? I think we're going to find out. Uh, and, and so I, say, I would say that this is a position that while we will preview it, and we've already done that, I would say that there is a lot to look for uh, once the season actually gets going. And with that, I think we're going to call it a wrap for this tight end preview. Uh, definitely make sure that you're keeping an eye on our YouTube and our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your uh, content. Uh, we out have tons of these planned for the next couple of days. Uh, that's, this is our third position preview of 10. So we've got a ways to go. Uh, we will have those. 
We will also have other podcasts, uh, I believe, on Sunday. Today is Saturday, August 27th. So tomorrow uh, or Monday, we're planning on posting a Utah preview. Uh, on Thursday, we should have some more – or sorry, a season preview. And on Thursday, uh, we should have a specific preview for that Utah game, Florida season opener, on September 3rd at 7 p.m. from the Swamp. Uh, and, yeah, keep it locked on the site, swamp247.com. Plenty of written content there, too. For Graham Hall, my name is Jacob Rudner, and we will see you on the next episode. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.